Hi, this is Peter Katz. Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. I'm here with my co-host, Rich Silverman. Hello, everybody. You know me from such projects as the Go Berserk alternate reality game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, be sure to uh, check out a couple articles about us that were just published. One was in uh, MTV's Geek News, and Fast Company actually did a great write-up on uh, Michael Grant, the novelist behind all of this. And on Alex LeMay and his company, The Shadow Gang, which is a transmedia company out of Chicago that produced the ARG. Sony has bought, or at least optioned, uh, the movie rights for the novel Berserk for Sam Raimi. Congrats on this project. We have a special guest that will make video truly interactive from tablets to smartphones. So without further ado, uh, why don't we go ahead and bring on our guest, uh, Tokaki Okada from Condition One. camera is able to capture 100 180 degrees in front of the in front of you so whoever is shooting the cameraman the camera the 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 the, the, the photojournalist or the videographer um so anything in front of that person 180 degrees in, is captured so it, it makes for a very um it makes for a very unique way of shooting um, as well as, um, as, as you know, as, as, as obviously uh, uh, editing and things like that. Um, so, the, so the camera system captures that, captures 180 degrees, and it and it kind of results in a very high, in a highly distorted image, because it's just you know it's an extremely wide angle lens. So we take that, and um, the first thing we do is we have sort of a, a nine foot dome. Um, Sort of, so, so it's kind of imagine if you imagine a sphere that's cut in half, and we project this imagery onto sort of the uh, in, into inside of a do, inside of this dome. And once when we do that, um, the distortion sort of melts away, and you're left with this uh, a, a very sort of a, a footage where you can look around. Um, and, and immersively, so you so we have an editing suite here in New York where. You can sit there right in front of it and uh, experience, um, so, so you know, sort of like IMAX, but you know, on a smaller scale. From kind of all your periphery vision is filled uh, with imagery, so it's highly immersive. It's like well, it's like IMAX in your pocket, right? Right, or a, a tablet device. So from there, we 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 take we 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 take that imagery and we have a set of processes that we apply to the footage. And uh, a custom software that sit on, sits on an iPad that sort of simulates that uh, dome. It, it's actually there's actually a sort of a virtual dome inside of the iPad, and what the app allows you to do is to look around inside of this virtual dome uh, and experience uh, the uh, the footage. And we'll put up a, a link to the Condition One website, but for those who haven't seen this, uh, basically for the, for the end user, what they get is that they have a full screen video on their, their tablet, but rather than just watching the image that's presented to them, that by moving the, the tablet around and panning up or down or left and right, they can actually uh, uh, pan through the video and ex kind of expand the, um, the, the field of vision, if you will. It's almost like, like you're there. And can, it's almost in a way, it's, it's like a first person shooter video game. I hate to equate it like that, but that's, people are familiar with that sort of camera technique. But this is for real video, and you can actually use your tablet almost as like a camera and, and, and move through a much wider uh, field of vision than, than, than you would like on a locked image. It's really impressive. It, yeah, it, it looks like you take the passive, of, you know, when people say uh, watching videos are passive, and then you make it more interactive. 
Right. <clears throat> so that's kind of that's kind of where um, a lot of this has started. Um, Dan Fung Dennis, who's the founder, uh, is an accomplished um, photojournalist and filmmaker. And he, you know, lessen the effect of the of the footage by by lessen the effect of the importance of these events by by putting it out that way. So it's we're kind of it's very careful. Uh, line that we're playing with um, in terms of in terms of uh, the, sort of the edit, what kind of footage we use, what kind of story we're conveying. Um, so, but yes, we I mean we we definitely looked at a lot of games uh, to learn sort of interaction uh, and and what kind of tactics they use to to create immersive experiences. You're, you're like you're applying like the visual language of video games, like to video, which has in the past. I mean. The, the closest I could compare it to is like when you had a DVD featurette and you could change the director's angle, mm -hmm. but on a much more sophisticated level. Yeah, and I, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's sort of everything, everything is, is all of these elements that we're kind of um, we're blending together all points to uh, a, a more immersive, a, a more immersive experience, a more immersive storytelling. It's a different, if it's a different language altogether that we're trying to create. This means that um, our edits, we can't have um, fast cuts. We can't have uh, sort of colorways and things like that. We ha we we have to let the footage kind of sit there for a while, for the, so the user can look around and kind of take their time to to look at these, the, uh, look to look at the images and experience the images. And that kind of is where. The, the, it, it is sort of that's that's why it's kind of I think it's it's worth noting that you know it, that Dan Fang was originally a stills photographer um, who I think for, I think stills photography has a, you know you, you you do spend a lot a little more a lot more time sort of experienced in seeing the picture so I think that's some of the that kind of philosophy is kind of uh, built into Condition One. What about yourself, Takaki? Uh, Dan Fang. Uh is a journalist, photographer, filmmaker. Do you come from a similar background, or are you from the technical end of things? Um, so we, um, we, we, when we met um, uh, uh, a year ago, um, we, we, so it's Dan Fang's the founder. We have three, three other co-founders. I'm the crea I, I'm the creative director. There's a Peter Sung, who's a, our CFO and CEO, who comes from um, a business background. I've uh, spent a lot of time in sort of executive positions in media companies. And there's Carol Martesco Fenster, who's a, a veteran in uh, media production and has been um, been an EP on many uh, documentary film projects. So it was kind of we all met um, a year ago and we started working on this together. Um, my my role has, has started out as 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 an interactive designer on looking at the UI. Um, of of the video player as well as as well as all, like how to g get into the stories. Um, that's kind of that that was all. This work was kind of a lot of the, the a lot of UI decisions were also um, very much about getting in the headspace of the the filmmaker um, in order to in order to have a more immersive experience when you actually hit the video. This meant that um, earlier on when we were um, sketching out ideas for UI. We we told we kind of we kind of left uh, we kind of left a lot of conventional ways of getting to footage, which was you know from list to even even sort of like the map or the you know initially we did think of sort of a globe where you drop in because all these events are happening all around the world, um, so that you kind of like drop in from the sky. But as we were discussing this, we were we were you know you, you, you don't like no one no human being not a lot of human being actually experience things that way. You kind of meet the filmmaker first 
and then once you understand you know why this person does what he what he or she does or why what's what, what's driving the filmmaker what is uh like collaborating with filmmakers from your uh perspective i've i've been um i've i've been the reason why i met on fung was because i've been working with documentary filmmakers in the past few years um uh, kind of actually like exclusively documentary filmmakers and those that kind of work was about sort of how that documentary film extends out into a, as a community outreach program so i've been working on 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 sort of websites interactive uh interactive projects on on that sort of level um and and that meant that you know it was definitely interactive it was definitely part of the story uh and I, and and that that's kind of where that's kind of the area that I work i'm i'm impressed by by how quickly you got to an actual working product uh, i imagine that there's a great deal of of new technology and software that had to be uh, devised and coded and and perfected to get to the finished product uh, I don't know how much you can talk about the technology itself, uh, but did you have to, is it a modified regular camera? Are you using like a really wide angle lens or are they three cameras strapped together to, to record the images? Can you talk um, a little bit about how, how that works? The In terms of the um, camera system, um, currently we, we can't, I can't really get into it in depth, but sure. um, it, it is it is actually a single camera system. Um, and um, entirely, actually, actually, entirely off the shelf. And uh, so, in other words, anyone could actually shoot uh, this immersive uh, footage for Condition One. Um, we edit in, you know, either, uh, you know, sort of the standard Final Cut um, uh, Pro. Uh, so, so nothing is is, is proprietary until um, until you hit, um, you know, the, the the actual device. And that's where we we um, spent the past year um, programming uh, this virtual dome video player. How long does it take to get from uh, your recorded video to final output to the app? It it really depends. I mean, if it's simply sort of without editing, um, it's it's pretty quick because you know, and it de- and it really depends on the length of the video. But um, it's it's it, it's it's not a lengthy process. Um, at the moment, you know, once we shoot, uh, as in like in a traditional documentary film, you shoot. Uh, you know, you edit, and then and then it goes through a transcode process. But for 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 you know for 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 a ten minute piece of uh, for for a ten minute piece to tra- go through the transcode, um, it's it's not it's not more than half an hour really. Um, and then we upload, and and it's and, you know immediately consumable. You you oh. I like I like how you were able to like create traction and be able to start having something that's tangible that you could you know really get in your hands. I was wondering. If if you if you were like the hat as a director, what are like the biggest challenges from this, and the biggest opportunities to express a vision, utilizing uh, your tools, new tools? I think currently um, the, the the initial challenges have been um, so so you, you kind of you kind of the, the whole sort of the idea that this came out of, which is how Dunfang operated as a as a filmmaker, uh, starting as a, as a as a stills photographer, getting into film, and um, with a with a digital SLR was that this sort of was a small man operation. It was you know simply him uh, without. A, I mean, he's the director, producer. He he's done all these roles and 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 the DP. So um, it's the, I think I think for people who are more in the um, for the journalism. Um, kind of an independent um, journalism uh, uh, kind of track. Track. I think it's. I think it's sort of. Un, uh, you know, it's a, it's an understandable way to do these things because it's. You know, it's, it doesn't require a lot of people to shoot, which kind of keeps the cost down. Um, the 
the difficulty of shooting is obviously because it's you're shooting one uh, 180 degrees in front of you. Um, we we do give a lot of guidelines in terms of you know keeping the horizon straight, uh, you know kind of let the let the let the let the action happen in front of you instead of moving around and framing. Um, and I think um, in terms of the editing, this is that that was always uh, that was another thing that we 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 we've learned. There. And that you know we we we're 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 starting to work on different ways of collecting sound so that the sound is more immersive. Um, we kind of try to use footage that is sort of directional, so it kind of you know requires you to look around a little bit. Um, so those are the kind of things that um, we're, we're, we've been working on. I was going to ask you about audio actually, uh, and if there's uh, you have any kind of software that does audio panning so that when you're moving the the tablet, that the audio actually at least sounds like it's moving from, from right to left, or even using some kind of a spatial or holophonic audio that requires headphones to, to create a really sort of immersive soundscape. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's actually what we're working on right now. Um, we have, we've been um, experimenting with different microphones, um, as ambisonic uh, microphones and, and things like that. In terms of, in terms of a software, um, we started experimenting using game engines and things like that, but we, we have to, we're, we're still in the process of bridging those together so we can actually have it um, work uh, with, with the footage. That's uh, very impressive. Have you, have you also started talking about 3D technology? Like, yeah, so, sort of, um, not necessarily, what do you, what do you mean well, by like, yeah. um, Because now it seems like they're, <clears throat> they have laptops, they have 3D and you know, TVs and it seems like tablets, it seems like everything's going in that direction. I was wondering if that would ever be kind of linked to your what you're doing now in any way. Oh, oh, like like uh, like the new uh, Nintendo DS or something yeah, like that. Yeah, We have we haven't um, looked into that, but that's definitely. I mean, we've we've we're this is this is the current platform that we're working on right now, the immersive video. But anything condition one. I think uh, like we want to keep pushing the boundaries of storytelling, uh, it, 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 you know, in, it, like interactive, uh, interactive, in, interactive work as well as uh, documentary storytelling. We want to keep pushing the boundary, and, and just the limit of, of immersive, immersive uh, storytelling, really. So those are the things that we we, we would R and D uh, going forward. And what about adding clickable elements? So you have a, a, a documentary about Afghanistan and. You're in a general's office, and there's a stack of documents on the desk, and you can click on the documents and maybe see what they are, or, or click on a tank or a weapon or even a military uniform and get more information about what what those are. I think I think that that's the that we we um we're talking with um sort of brands and advertisers as well, and that that kind of that comes up uh, quite a bit. Um, uh, both from both from sort of um. A product, you know, sort of pro product marketing standpoint, as well as some other uh, filmmakers that approached us uh, more, more in more in sort of a fiction narrative uh, world, who want to see that happen. Um, we we're current we, because since we've been focused on documentary, we haven't had the chance to really dig deeper into that. Um, but it's also something that um, it's it's also something that um, we we like to try out. Um, but the one thing that we have to, we, we kind of mind what you said before about the, you know, the passive viewing experience and the interactive. And kind of, we're kind of finding out that some, sometimes when you load too much interactivity, 
it kind of, it weakens the story and vice versa. So I think we're we're, we're experimenting in that area, and I, and I think that's definitely something that we want to we want to pursue further. No, I see what you're saying. You don't want to have a lot of bells and whistles, you know, but not think about the a beautiful user experience that people don't even think about. They just kind of get just fall into, you know. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've we've noticed when people um, actually when they when they hold a tablet and move move the device around is that some people actually sort of try to move forward physically, like they'll step forward uh, in order to get closer to something, and uh, it's 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 kind of fascinating to see that. And the other thing that we see a lot is sort of the pinch and zoom um, on to to see something uh, in detail. And I think I think there's something in there uh, that that may you know maybe it's directional, so that these guided uh, these kind of interactivities may not even require a tap, but more is more is kind of built into the way that they they physically interact with the world. So that's kind of what we're what we're um, we're thinking about. Huh. So like more naturalistic, you say versus you're saying like make it something that this is more subtle than like overtly like tapping the screen like where where you look or you face the iPad. Yeah, I think those are the things that we're playing we're we're kind of playing with right now as well as well as tap obviously. That's really cool. I haven't really thought of that. Most times you you hear that's very in your face, you know, like a pop-up music videos they did back in the day where they say, mm -hmm. you know, look at what's going on here. They're trying to point you in the direction versus right. you kind of being in control. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of definitely borrowing from, uh, you know, sort of definitely borrowing from games, really. Um, I don't think, I don't think I, in games, I don't think it's, you know, sometimes you see these music, like absolutely, you see these music videos and they give you sort of like, do you want to pursue this person's story or that person's story? And like every time you do that, you feel like you have to go back and do that other person's story because you're definitely you have to you know you you have to like complete the whole thing or something like that and it seems obtrusive and it kind of pulled you out from the story um on the other hand in games usually it's sort of all these things are kind of guided and they're built into the experience and i think that's what we're that's uh, definitely that's kind of the direction where we're looking at can you maybe tell us a little bit about some of the films that you're working on or have already shot with this how long they are what the subject matter is um, we've shot the main. The, we're, we're the main videos we have um, are th uh, we have three uh, films that's that's shot by uh, Patrick Chauvel, who's been working in the field. He's been working um, as a photojournalist following conflicts since he was 18. Um, so he was in Vietnam and uh, as a, as a teenager, basically, I think. Um, so he's been shooting. Uh, conflict um, material for for years, and um, he's shot a story um, in Libya, uh, and um, he's he's also pursuing a story in southern Thailand where there's a uh, a Muslim insurgency, um, and he's just shot um, a story that we've we've also edited um, that's about uh, a crime in New Orleans, and it's following 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 the police in New Orleans. And they they are they the the lengths are are kind of ten minute uh, to fifteen minute kind of lengths at the moment. And these are going to be available through uh, the app store. Or do you download the Condition One app and then the, you you then download the films that you want through the app? Right. So currently, so uh, so we're actually looking at a um we're we're, we're going to launch very soon. In fact, um, if you go to our website right now, you'll see a teaser that says it's launching on the 11th of, so it's Friday. Um, so we'll have the app in store then. 
then you'll be able you'll download the app for free and all the all the content right now is free also so all those the, the three stories that i mentioned by patrick chauvel are going to be in there and you'll be able to download the full story and the full stories are are long and and uh, and as you can imagine because it's a sort of a three 180 degrees experience the video files are large so we also have uh, trailers that are you know more of a manageable size before you dig deeper into these stories so you can download the trailers and experience it and then and then uh, grab the the whole movie would you would you consider that a, <clears throat> a marketplace that you're creating on top of your uh, technology um like uh... right so so current currently um we're we're in talks with we're we're more in talks with me, uh, media companies than we are pursuing um uh, consumers uh, at the moment and i mean that's why the content's free and we we don't actually have um you know that we we're not charging uh, the consumers to to experience these stories but yes eventually we'd like uh, condition one to be a place to you know to 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 to, to have uh, all these different uh, immersive uh, videos uh, the the press release that I was taking a look at, uh, Dan Fong Dennis says that he wants to quote unquote shake people from their indifference to suffering. This is you know pretty serious stuff we're getting into. But what what's your perspective on how this technology can can do this can in ways that a traditional video can't? I think I think I think um, so the sort of the impact that people I mean and this is not to be um, sensationalist, but um, the impact that people had with the first time. Um, they saw a particular photograph from from when 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 you know during the Vietnam War, war when those photos came out and then it, and and then this footage was shown on TV. I think that definitely had a, a large impact on how people felt about these events. Obviously, um, as as you uh, you know, obviously the more the more you see those, you get numb by it. And uh, you know, it's it's I, I mean, it's I don't know if it's necessarily the correct correct sort of philosophical solution to keep heightening the that keep heightening that experience but we definitely we've definitely seen we've definitely seen show it to people where they, where they're holding the device and they you know literally recall they, they or or sort of have a very visceral reaction to the footage and i think um after all that 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 really is what we want to do we we do want we do want people to have an extremely visceral experience uh, uh, by watching these. When you said um, you had people watch it, is it a is it like when you do like a test screening where you're gonna get feedback from a lot of people, like where you're judging the content and the experience at the same time? Yeah, it's it's it, yeah exactly. It's all it's all uh, it's all in one. Uh, uh, we sort of hand the iPad over uh, and sort of let um, let people experience the story. Um, usually, you know, when we meet people, it's very difficult to have someone sit there and actually watch a 10-minute piece because it takes, you know, you're in a meeting and it's kind of just strange to see someone just kind of watch something on, on their devices. But um, when, when, we do, when we do have the opportunity to sit with someone um, who's watching it, it's, it's, it's something that we, we like to do because it, 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 it teaches us a lot in terms of user experience, uh, sort of just kind of the interactivity of it and, and how, how, how the stories should be edited. So it's an interesting thing. It's kind of like you have a, the, it's like when you watch a movie, you know, it's, it's, you have a overall, you watch it with a certain type of experience with this. Not only are they looking at the content, you know, they're also looking about how is the experience presented with the interactivity. So it's a, a lot of things to keep into uh, consideration. Have you, Tried out eye tracking as any uh, way to gauge uh, 
the, the interactivity between the user? We have, I mean, we haven't had the opportunity to have all these sort of, we've never actually had the code built into our app to track that. But since we're using uh, the gyroscope and accelerometer, um, maybe maybe we may not be able to get the eye tracking right away, but I'm sure um, we can gather a lot of information around how the device is moving, uh, and kind of lay that on top of what we're you know the video and see how where you know which part people are going to more. We haven't we just haven't had the opportunity to put that code in yet. Oh, cool. You mentioned a different sorts of approaches to editing. It it almost sounded like you have to edit these kind of like you would edit a 3D movie, in that you can't have a lot of super quick cuts and cutting on a lot of frenetic action because it's probably too confusing and, and might even be, be make people dizzy. Right. There's, there, yeah, there's, there, was a, there's, there are a lot of considerations here, and I think the edit, as well as the kind of story that we want to pursue, is, is, is critical. So it has, it has to be something that you want to experience firsthand. Um, it'll be, I mean, I think it'll be very difficult, for example, um, if we set out to do, um, a, 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 a set out to use this technology to cover uh, the financial crisis. Um, on the other hand, on the other hand, news is things like you know being at uh, Occupy Wall Street or or in Oakland, um, those things that you you really do want to see what's happening on the ground. Those are the those are the those are the footage that we that those those are the that's the kind of content that would be very conducive to this to, to this to this technology. Um, and in terms of editing. Um, that's the other thing about that is is is, is when you try to, when you're trying to when you're trying to describe a lot of complex ideas uh, in a way that um, documentary films could do very well. Um, we're fi we're finding that some some of that because of all the interactivity and the, the dizziness is one factor, but not being able to convey the story very well is is, is more problematic. So we're very um, so very cautious about um, sort of telling telling a, tell, telling the story the, so that's clear. Um, but also uh, immersive, and uh, that means that sometimes when we're editing, usually the stuff that you would cut in a in a flat documentary, um, we 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 kind of we we kind of keep it rolling. For example, there was a scene in the uh, Southern Thailand piece that uh, Patrick shot, where where he goes into a train, and usually if you if you go into you know if you're from outside and you go into a train and then into the carriage. Um, there's a there's the because of the adjusting of the light. There's like this pretty long period of black, and we it was a conscious decision to keep that because once you go in, you do feel like you went into a closed space from an from from an outside area. And I think that it's it's those kind of considerations that we have to think about when we're doing this kind of uh, footage. Because we're talking about uh, documentaries, and I think documentaries, you know, there's definitely a control, but also too, it's almost like you're very reactive to the elements that you're provided but let's say like for some like a scripted piece you generally have a uh, more control do you feel that like as they were 3d movies usually are more effective if they start from the beginning versus later and they're like this is a let's try to work this out do you feel you could work on the scripted side too on the very earliest stages of pre-production to make sure to sell the 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 fictional world too I, yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Um, since we're a technology uh, uh, platform, I think. I think some of the th those are the things that we'd we'd actually really love to see um, people in that w in in the in that world experiment uh, with this with this way of storytelling. And uh, since yes, of course, indeed you do, indeed because you do have a lot of control over even sort of placements of people uh, and and how how the camera works. I think I think there's an immense possibility in that and I'm sure 
that by doing that, by by working with um, more narrative uh, filmmakers, I think uh, back to the and and then I will definitely will learn so much from doing that. That will probably feed into our documentary work as well. Adventure, uh, extreme sport genre, where I think a lot of people use these GoPro cameras to to film uh, th them themselves going down the hill. We've never we've never done that um, specifically, but things like that would be. Uh, these are the things that we really do want to see uh, on the app. You know, you know what? It, you know what sounds interesting. I know it's just like a bunch of ideas. Is you know, you you shoot like a big feature film, right? And then mm -hmm. you have a. You know, when people want to buy, you know, they sell the DVDs, the downloads, and you can watch them on your tablet, right? Right. That they put aside some portion of the budget to shoot interactive uh, pieces of the story. So it's not. You're not trying to make it stuff that you see for theaters, but specifically for the uh, tablet version of it, that you would able to experience a lot of that story, but using your technology and really thinking it out and making it the best experience possible. Uh, exactly, I think um, so, exactly this the because because of our focus on documentary at the moment, we have been talking to. Um, documentary film, documentary films, and those kind of productions where they do have uh, a story, and then we could, we were think we we could do sort of, not, an like not an add-on, um, but sort of a, like a parallel track story that that you can experience on on the iPad. Have you uh, have you been approached? Have you approached narrative filmmakers, not non-documentary, I mean, but actual uh, fiction feature makers? We have we have we we've been talking to some people, but. Um, Def we, we, and and we definitely like to to hear more. I think I think currently because of because of the way that um, so because of the way that we're set up and uh, the the sort of the size of the team and because we're because we're not, you know, we're still operating on a on a small scale. Um, it's it's it is more in the in in the documentary fashion that we we're 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 able to turn around content faster to showcase the showcase the the content. But we're definitely we definitely love to work with narrative filmmakers. And what kind of team do you have? Uh, how how many people does it take to put something like this together? Um, so so we have we have a, a network of um, filmmakers um, around the around the world. That means we have you know Patrick Chauvel in France. We have we have uh, people in New York who shoot um, art events and things like that, um, as well as um, as well as um, you know, people who are based here who go, who, who go to um, the Middle East, uh, Africa, uh, places like that. Um, and so there's a so there's a network of filmmakers that we work with. Um, our, our core team um, consists of uh, Dong Fang, who's the CEO. We have uh, three co three co-founders: Pete Sung, as I mentioned before, myself, and Carol. Um, and at our office here, we have um, an editor who who actually edits all the all the footage you'll see in the app. Um, and um, an operations person contacting with uh, brands uh, to, to, to everything. So, he, so we, but but still a small team. We have um, basically five or six people running around um, the office, and we have a development team uh, offshore um, who um, we we work with very closely. Now, if a uh, documentary filmmaker was going to, you know, go with this approach, how many extra people would they need? To very little, really. I mean, the ideal—not the ideal, but the smallest team you can have—is is sort of the filmmaker with the camera, and just go out there and shoot. And 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 that filmmaker could edit the footage in Final Cut. And all the filmmaker has to do is send 
the edited piece to us and then we could make it into an immersive you know immersive uh, experience so it's it's you know in terms of filmmaker it just could be one person um the the, the rig the rig is so the the whole idea of the of the of the rig is that it's so small i mean it has the sound recording and everything we want we're, we're creating this custom rig that that has the sound recording as well as you know it just like the lens system and everything in it so it's it's a pretty it's it's a pretty small uh, it's a small rig so there's no additional technical requirements, no additional lighting, no additional sound requirements. That that's awesome. Yeah, not at all, actually. And that was one of the things that we really, really, really are uh, differentiated from um, from di- from other companies who have proprietary camera systems as well as proprietary software to to, to handle all of this. And and uh, you know we 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 come from we come from sort of a, a you know a, a, an independent filmmaker perspective. So it's 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 different in that with in that regard. What is your short-term goals and long-term vision for Condition One? I mean, it's, I think it's something that we would actually know further as we as we move as we get along. I mean, as we go along, we're just kind of in this place where we're, we're you know we're trying to get this but this this thing out, keep refining the video player, uh, and just keep moving forward. And but you know, one of the one of the things that we 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 will we're we're definitely going to do is have a, a, a very a, a very uh, you know, highly people who are in three 3D modeling, people are in who have been working OpenGL and these kind of technologies, and also people who are master storytellers to, to really uh, have a, a, have a place for R and D for for storytelling, and uh, and that's 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 why uh, the narrative filmmakers as well as you know just the master storytellers in this genre as, and, and marrying that with the technology with technologists is is kind of what we're looking at right now. So. That, and, and then, and then I would, I'm sure that would sort of propel different ideas into different directions. But right now, we're just focused on the on the on on just really refining the video player and, and refining the storytelling. Is there any messages you want to get out to our listeners? We'd, we'll quickly be developing one for Android tablets as well as on a smaller uh, phone size as well. So we're just we're all, we're we're going to continually be pushing to get to get the player out on as many platforms as possible. Go to the go to the app store and look up Condition One and download our app and uh, experience the stories. Definitely. So go to Condition One to uh, check this out. I tried it out and I really am a big fan. So I'm sure you'll like it too. Great. Well, thank you uh, very much, so Kaki, for taking some time out of your day to talk with us. Now I hope you take the cameras down the Occupy Wall Street. And you know we'd like you guys to know that we have a lot of great guests coming up, and we're going to be podcasting a bit more frequently. Uh, we know we have a lot of listeners out there in the transmedia community, which is a vibrant community and a growing community, if uh, the recent Story World conference was any indication. And we'd actually love to hear from you. How can they get a hold of you, Peter Cat? Email me at catsfilms at gmail.com. It's K-A-T-Z. And check out my website, petercats.net. And in this uh, socially hyperconnected world, I'm easy to get a hold of. You can get a hold of me through my website, richsilverman.com, or you can email me at richsilverman at gmail.com.